Overwatch 2. Is it a sequel, or is it just a major update for one of Blizzard's largest IPs? Many players are hoping to find out after the game launches this week, but multiple problems are stopping them at the gate. Then, another step toward homebrewing the PlayStation 5 has been discovered by modders. How did they drill into the operating system of the hard-to-find console? Also, Kid Cudi's newest visual album has had a successful launch on Netflix, but the artist is taking that as an opportunity to step away from music. We're recapping those stories and more on this episode of Wrapped Up. For Byte BSU in Muncie, Indiana, I'm Blake Chapman. Overwatch 2, the proto-sequel to Blizzard's popular 2016 FPS MOBA, launched this week to decent critical praise, and players could back up those reviews if they were able to actually play the game. Since the update went live and the original Overwatch servers were shuttered, queues just for the game's menu have hit the tens of thousands, and if you're lucky enough to get in, you might just be met with unexpected server errors that boot you to the back of the line, or an empty library of cosmetics, achievements, and alternate skins. While some of these problems can be traced back to Overwatch 2 completing the login process through Battle.net accounts and the game itself at the same time, Blizzard President Mike Yabara has said the service was complicated by two separate DDoS attacks this week. While this problem is not new for Activision Blizzard, a strike in September took down PC servers for Call of Duty and World of Warcraft, switching regional location to Asia or Europe in an attempt to bypass the attack has been met with mixed results. Faulty Week 1 servers are not the only issue that some fans are having to deal with, though. Blizzard's new SMS Protect feature that requires you input a unique phone number for every account to protect the community from cheating is locking out players with prepaid cellular plans such as Metro PCS or Cricket. Some players on the Overwatch subreddit and forums have expressed shame that because they can't afford anything different, Blizzard is basically saying they're, quote, too poor to play the game. In a new blog post, the developers addressed this concern and explained that for a large portion of the audience, this requirement will be dropped. The change will not require Battle.net accounts that have been used since June 9th of last year to input a phone number while brand new accounts will still have to do so. The patch is expected to go into effect this Friday. Playing a current title such as the aforementioned Overwatch 2 might be difficult on current systems like the PlayStation 5, well, once you get past the challenge of actually getting a PS5, but it seems console hackers are on the verge of getting plenty of games to work on that system that normally wouldn't. Console hacker SpectreDev released an updated exploit online this week that has seemingly jailbroken Sony's newest system. The process involves tracking a vulnerability through the PS5's OS by setting up a fake server on your local network and assessing the console's on-screen manual through its hidden web browser. Doing so provides access to the debug menu and allows modders to read or write access to chunks of system memory or security systems. According to SpectreDev, however, the exploit only works about 30% of the time, and it only works on consoles with firmware from October of last year. 
And if unsuccessful, implementing it could at least lead to multiple system restarts, let alone a ban on your PSN account, voided system warranty, and a bricked console. Still, many in the emulation community are heralding it as an important step to getting homebrew code on the system. The workaround also opens up the ability to install game backups of older PlayStation games, such as the playable teaser PT, even though none are playable. Following the release of his newest album and its corresponding animated series, Intergalactic creator Kid Cudi made it clear this week that he might be done releasing albums. In an interview with Apple Music Beats 1, the artist elaborated on his desire to put annual music projects behind him, and how the launch of this project helped him accept his desires to pursue other non-traditional avenues of expression. You know, the, the goal for Intergalactic, I was like bored of making albums, just like doing an album, two music videos, and that's it. And I was like, man, I, I, I went into this wanting to do something epic and different. But as far as like getting in the studio and working on an album, like I, and then going and touring it, like I, I just don't, I just don't have it in me. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have the desire. I have so many other things I want to invest my time into. Some of those other investments include writing more shows and movies under his new Mad Solars Productions company, which has already produced two films, Ty West Horror Projects X and Pearl. Cuddy will also be making his directorial debut with Teddy, which is set for a Netflix premiere sometime next year, and an appearance in Silent Night, the return to Hollywood for John Woo. In his personal life, he hopes to connect more with his teenage daughter after he missed out on a lot of her early development because of his time spent touring. Finally, over half a year after the wrongful death lawsuit was filed, and almost a year after the accident originally occurred, the production company behind the western film Rust has reached an agreement with the estate of Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer shot and killed on set last October. After multiple investigations and a series of lawsuits, Hutchins' widow Matthew Hutchins issued a statement this week announcing the settlement between the producers and star Alec Baldwin, where he said he has, quote, no interest in engaging in recriminations or attribution of blame. All of us believe Helena's death was a terrible accident, and I'm grateful that the producers and entertainment community have come together to pay tribute to Helena's final work. As a result, the original lawsuit will be dismissed and Matthew will now executive produce the project. Production will also resume with the original cast and crew in January 2023, including director Joel Souza, who confirmed that the resumption would only happen with family involvement. The wrongful death suit filed in February claimed that the producers and company were aware of firearm safety issues and did not take action to correct them, which resulted in Baldwin discharging a prop gun that he was informed was unloaded on set in October 2021. The final report on the incident by the Santa Fe Sheriff's Office is expected to be handed over to local district attorney Mary Carmack Altwe soon, but this week's arrangement could shift any possible charges in several ongoing lawsuits in New Mexico and California. As always, make sure to keep up with everything Byte on the web at BallStateDaily.com, and make sure to check back soon for another episode of Wrapped Up. Till next time, for Byte BSU, I'm Blake Chapman.